We're going to read verses 11 through 13. When you have it, say amen. Amen. All right, from the New King James Version, it reads this way. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Now I want to look at that same passage, those same three verses uh, in the Living Bible. In the Living Bible. Romans 10 verses 11, 12, and 13 in the Living Bible. You have it? All right, let's read together. Ready to read. For the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord who generously gives his riches to all those who ask him for them. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, will be saved. My focus scripture is verse 11. So it says, for the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed, will ever be disappointed. Father, I thank you today for the word. I thank you that, God, your people today have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts. I ask you to give me divine utterance to speak things I've not already thought. Give me divine unction to move in ways I've not seen. And I pray that, God, every person who will grab hold, who will exercise their faith today for the word of God, that, God, there will be a shift in their lives, a shift in their believing, a shift in their receiving, a shift in their manifestation, oh God, that, God, you'll do supernatural things in this place and in the days that come in our lives. And we thank you, Father, that, Lord, we shall hear testimonies of what has happened because of what you speak to us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to try Jesus because he'll never let you down. He will never let you down. I said he will never, never let you down. Romans 10, 11, the Living Bible says, for the scripture says, whoever believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. Will ever be disappointed. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever been seriously disappointed? And when I say that, I'm, when I say serious, I'm not talking about you went to KFC and they were out of breath. <laughs> or Wendy's was out of smooth uh, frosties or what. I'm talking about seriously disappointed where Something has hurt you because of disappointment. I mean, either a heart, your heart's been broken or you've been so sullen, so, so taken back by it that uh, you, you felt a sense of almost grief because you've been disappointed. You know, I, I read an alarming stat yesterday, uh, Brother Christopher, that they, they gave the, the census or the, the stats here for the U.S. Last year in the United States of America, there were over 49,500 suicides, almost 50,000 suicides in America. We say, well, America's, you know, 300 million people. That's not a lot. Listen, one. I said one is too many. And what's happened? The reason why people go that far 
The reason why people end up in that much depression, much, that much desperation, is because along the way, they've accumulated disappointments. Yes, that's it, man of God. Things have happened, things that they planned, things that they desired, and things fell through. And disappointments, if you let them accumulate, they lead to a place of despair and discontentment and depression that will lead you to a place where you, you might not go all the way, but you think about it. Disappointments, they start early. People have been disappointed by their parents. Disappointed by your siblings. Disappointed by friends. You told your friend some private thing, some secret thing, and before you knew it, your information was all around the school. And people you thought would always be there for you. People you thought that would always be there for you. People you thought would always be on your side. People you thought would always have your back. Before you know it, they're gone. Did anybody ever know what I'm talking about? It's a cause of disappointment. It's disappointment. Disappointed by teachers. Disappointed by schools. Disappointed by systems. Disappointed by by you know, by career plans. You, they told you if you went to school four years and got your, your degree that you were going to be living on top of the world. And you, you went out and, and got $80,000 in student loans and because and I'm, I'm going to pay all this off, you know, it's going to be nothing. I'm going to pay this off so quickly because that's the plan. And all of a sudden get out there and can't hardly find a job in your field. Come on now. Disappointment. Here's, here's one, because some of y'all looking at me like you've never experienced it. Ever been disappointed by yourself? Just by yourself. I, I never thought I'd be right back here. I never, I never, thought, I, I never thought I'd be in this position, this position again. I told God, God, if you got me out of this, I'd never go back. I'd never do this again. I'm going to stay on this side. They're quiet. God, if you get me out of this, I'll never, I'll never do that again. And you look up, and here I go again. Hallelujah. Had some plan in place. I remember, I remember when I was, uh, you know, my, tomorrow's my birthday. Uh, I'll turn 52 tomorrow. When I, when I was uh, 49, my 49th birthday hit, and that was uh, 2020. I said, okay, I'm gonna, I got a plan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get down to size or to a certain weight. I'm not going to tell you what. I was going to get down to a certain number by the time I turned 50. I was, my goal was, was to be 50 and fine. Sir. <laughs> 50 and fine. I had a number. I'm trying to get to that number by 50. You mean I got a year, and I can do it. In, it's, it's a year. You, you lay it out, and you see the numbers. Oh, that's easy. People do this in six months. I can do this in a year. And tomorrow I'm going to turn 52 and I still haven't gotten there. That's, I mean, that's going to be three years now, Nathaniel. And so talking about disappointment, I'm like, and it's nobody else's fault. And I, I let myself down because I should have been way ahead. I should have been, I should have been past that number by now. Disappointment. 
Why? Because I was, uh, I, I like most people, when you do with other people, I was trusting in the wrong source. And when, when you put your trust in man, put your trust in, in people, you put your trust in the wrong source, it's inevitable you will at some point or another be disappointed. Hallelujah. Because nobody's perfect. And nothing is perfect. Nothing in this world is perfect. And what Satan wants, he wants us to get so disappointed that we lose our hope and never hope again. He wants us to become so guarded, so distrustful, and so hopeless that we never, ever get, this, get hope again in our lives. You can tell people that when you run into people like that because when you run into people who've been disappointed their whole lives, when you come with some sort of joy, some sort of hope, some sort of expectation, they want to rain on your parade. They, 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 they balk at your faith. They balk at you have the audacity to believe that you're going to do something great in this life or you're going to achieve something, you're going to have something. And because they have been so disappointed, because they've been so let down, they, they figure you ought not have any hope either. And what's happened is they've become what, what we could call from the word of God, offended. Remember I taught you that word offended years ago? Uh, that word offended from the, the Greek is the word scandalizo. And when that scandalizo hit, where, where we get the word scandal from, it, the word scandalizo in the Greek literally means that you start to distrust or not trust those whom you should trust. Because when you've been hurt, when you've been broken, when you've been let down so many times, you become guarded and distrustful. And you don't want to listen to any, what anybody has to say. People have been let down by pastors and spiritual leaders. People they looked up to. I mean, I, I'm not even going as far as talking about all the, 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 the uh, sexual things that have happened from pulpits. Where, where, where pulpiteers themselves have violated the, the people in the pews. I'm talking about just, just being in a, in a congregation and some man of God or some woman of God that you held in high esteem, all of a sudden they make the paper. And that one who you almost idolized and thought that they were perfect, like Jesus Christ walking on this planet, all of a sudden you find out they have flaws. I want to tell you ahead of time, I have flaws. I am not perfect. My wife will testify I'm far from perfect. Because you don't have to worry about me making a paper. Because my flaws are not sin related. I'm going to come on this side. My flaws are not sin related. You ain't got to worry about that. My flaws are personality related. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank, I thought Pastor was going to speak to me. He didn't speak to me. Sorry. I didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, I saw you. <laughs> Come on now. I'm a people too. You're a people. And you're going to let others down, you're going to let yourself down at some point. I don't know how many of y'all have ever heard this, but in your Bible, there's, there's a verse that people who studied the layout of Scripture 
they've identified the actual center, the middle verse of the whole Bible. If you were to start from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation 22 and find the exact center verse of the whole Bible, it's Psalm number 118 and verse 8. Psalm 118 verse 8, it says this, it is better to trust in the Lord, come on, than to put confidence in man. Now, it's tell, not telling you you can't trust people. You can't trust your pastor, trust your parents, trust your loved one. It's not telling you that. But it's talking about you laying your life in their lap. Right. Putting your hopes in a person. We're not ever supposed to put our hopes in a person. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Because I want to show you today that Jesus Christ will never let you down. I wish I had a little more feedback than that. He will never let you down. And if there's anybody in here who feels like he's ever let you down, the devil is a liar. It's not that he let you down. It's somehow you missed him. The Bible says that the foolishness of a man perverts his ways and then his heart frets against the Lord. In other words, that a man's own foolishness gets him off track, then he blames God like it was God's fault. It wasn't God's fault. Jesus will never let you down. Tell your neighbor, Jesus will never let you down. Hallelujah. You can try everything else, try everybody else, but he will never let you down. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to restore your faith today in Jesus. I want to restore your direction on Jesus Christ. I want you to get your eyes back on him. Hallelujah. Because your friends will let you down. Your ace boom coon will let you down. Your best partner, your homeboy, your homegirl will let you down. Your parents, will, let, will all, they love you with everything they have. And they don't intend to let you down, but they will let you down. At some point, I'm go, I will preach and say something that you don't like. Come on, has it ever happened? Has it ever happened? I will say something you don't like. There, there are times, Laquanda, I've gotten in my feelings. Y'all don't. There are times I've got my feelings. And in my preaching, let my feelings come out rather than the word of God. Because I'm a people just like you. You understand? I'm, I'm a person. So I'm not asking you to put your hope or your confidence in me. Put your confidence in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Give me Psalm 34, verse 8. Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord. What does it mean, taste and see? If I go to a restaurant deep and I got a big ribeye steak, medium rare, medium rare on my plate. Y'all don't burn no, no steak. You're going to do that. Go to, go to checkers somewhere if you're going to do that. Waste no good meat like that. Medium rare. And it's, it's good. And you see my eyes and my eyes dancing. My feet are, my feet are dancing. I'm, and you don't like what you, what you have on your plate. You're supposed to say, can I taste that? You must ask, can I taste that? Yeah. Can I taste and see how good that is? Yeah. 
Well, God is inviting us to taste and see that the Lord is good. So if you don't like the life you have, if you don't like what you've ordered, oh, y'all missed it. You missed it. I didn't order that stuff. Life and death in the power of the tongue. You, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. So what you have is what you ordered. Hallelujah. Well, no, Pastor, you don't understand. Uh, I, was, I came in this life and this is, the, the, you know, pe people did this to me. Okay, send it back. If you didn't order that, send it back. Stop eating it. Send it back. Don't keep eating something you didn't order. If you didn't order it, send it back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me that same verse, please, in the easy to read version. Psalm 34, verse 8, easy to read. It says, read it with me. Ready, ready, read. Give the Lord a chance to show you how good he is. Great blessings belong to those. Come on, clap your hands for that right now. Give him a chance to show you how good he is. Great blessings belong to those who depend on him. So you have to give him a chance. Which means you have to send back what you don't want and order what you do want from him. You got to try and taste him. Hallelujah. So if you've been disappointed in his life, you've been let down, you're afraid to hope again, I've, I've got some good news here. Again, Jesus will never let you down. We sing this song, in him there is no failure. There is no failure. Can you say that there's no failure? There's no failure. Say it again, there's no, failure. there's no failure. Say it one more time, there's no failure. There's no failure. I really want to let that um, marinate in your spirit. That in him there is no failure. I want you to hear that. In him there is no failure. He will never let you down. I gotta get that through you through to your to your heart because, because the, the enemy wants us to not hope anymore. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in the fourth chapter of Romans that Abraham that he he believed in hope contrary to hope. It says in hope he believed. In other words, when all the odds were against him, he still hoped because he had some experience about God. And he knew that if God had already done things he said, he's going to do what else he's, everything else he said. Hallelujah. And, and, and the devil has gotten so many in the body of Christ to not trust God. Let me say it like this. God's biggest challenge in the earth is not the devil. God's biggest challenge on the earth is not Satan and all his army. That's, that's, that's child's play for God. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? The devil in all of hell is child's play to God. God. God can just thump the devil around all day long with his just, his just little finger. The devil is no challenge to God. The wicked and all their devices in the earth are no challenge to God. In fact, the Bible says that God holds them in derision or in contempt. He sits in heaven and he laughs at the wicked. 
So all the stuff the wicked are doing in the whole earth, God just laughs. <laughs> Why? It says because he knows their day is coming. He knows at some point he's just going to say, all right, that's it. Well, if God's not challenged by that, what's God's biggest challenge? God's biggest challenge in the earth is to get his people to trust him. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. Bigger than the devil, bigger than all of hell, bigger than all the wicked, is to get his people to trust him. His people who say we love him and we serve him and we want to be with him, but to get us to trust him. Is, is his biggest hurdle, is his biggest challenge. Because if he can get us to trust him, everything else is, right. is gravy. Right. And the reason we don't move into the things of God, the reason we, with all this word, with all this Holy Ghost, the reason why we don't step into the fullness of God is because truth be told, we don't trust him. And the reason we don't trust him is not, is not because, because we, we don't think he's good. It's because we've been let down so many times. We've been disappointed by so many people. It's hard to put our faith, it's hard to put our hope out there again. hard. Y'all are quiet. It's okay. It's, it's, hard. it's hard to step out there on, on a word from God when, when my parents told me that we were going to go to Disney World and we didn't go. They let me down. Or when my spouse said they were going to always be there for me and they walked out on me. They let me down. And so it's hard. It's hard to release my faith to trust a God who I can't even see. To step out on a word that's so hard to believe. I mean, if God told you, I just want you to walk down the street, then okay, there's no problem. But when he says, I want you to go down and believe me for that house out there in that neighborhood that's far beyond any of your means and nobody in your family ever live in a neighborhood like that and nobody in your, in your, in your friendship ever live in a house like that and he tells you, I want you to go believe me for that, I'm going to give you that. And, And yet, here's what God is trying to do to get us to step out into what he has for us. Look at the scriptures here. Romans 10 and verse 11. Romans 10 verse 11. How many of y'all listening today? It says, for the scriptures tell us, this is again the living Bible, for the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. Now the reference is found in Isaiah 28 verse 16. In Isaiah 28 verse 16, I want the media to put on the screen for me please from the easy to read version because it says the scriptures tell us this. So we must got to know the scripture that tells us this. It says in Isaiah 28 verse 16, it says... Because of these things, the Lord God says, I will put a rock, a cornerstone in the ground in Zion. Now, Zion is us, is us, the church. You got it? This will be a very precious stone. Everything will be built on this very important rock. Everything will be built on this important rock. Now, y'all, do y'all know what that rock is? Okay. 
It says, now watch the last part. Anyone who trusts in that rock will not be disappointed. So God says, I'm putting a rock there, a precious rock, a very important rock, and anyone who trusts in that rock, who is Jesus, will not be disappointed. So we now know what the scripture says. Y'all got it? Now, 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 this, this phrase here, when you read that back in the, in the King James, the New King James, it said, use the phrase, a very precious stone, which means literally a stone that's been tested. A stone that's been proven. A stone that's been tried. A stone that has no cracks in it. It's a tried stone. It's a precious stone. It's one that will not fail. Y'all got to catch it. So he's not putting some rock that hadn't been tried. He's not putting some stone that has not been tested. He said the rock I'm putting there for you is a tried stone, a precious stone, a tested stone that will not fail. Which means you can stand on it. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. Failure proof. Hallelujah. And he said, I put that stone there. And he says, and anyone who trusts in that rock, in that stone, will not be disappointed. Oh, my. Oh, my. Now, I want you to see something here. I want you to see something that's very, very important here. This is very important. He says in Romans 10, 11, Again, in the Living Bible, no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. No one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. Now, in, in, the, in the English language, we have something we call here absolutes. These are, there's some absolute words. You know, there, there are some words that when you're arguing, husbands and wives, there are some words you, you don't really want to use a lot when you're arguing. Words like ever. Or never. Or always. I wish I had some more married people here. There are some words you want to avoid when you're in an argument. Like you always do that. Now, no, wait. I don't always do that. I might do that a lot, but don't say I'll always do that. Don't say I never do this. Don't Come on now. Remember that time? Remember this time? It might not be as often as you like, but don't say I never I only got one witness over here. All, all the other men scared. They, man, don't, say. don't say never and always. These words are 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 they 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 they're absolutes. In other words, um, they're cut and dry. These are it, it, it's it's concrete. It, it it says what it means. It means what it says. And to put there, yeah, there's no grade. There, there's no, there's not a percentage in it. It's, it's hundred. So when the Bible says, for the scriptures tell us that no one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed. That's a hundred. There's an absolute. The first absolute is said is no one. Oh, y'all, y'all not catching it. No one. Everybody say no one. No one. Now, if, if the Bible says no one, and that's an absolute, and it is an absolute, then that means I qualify. Right. Right. Yes, 
That means it doesn't matter what your denomination is, what your race is, what your ethnicity is, what your nationality is, what your gender is, what your educational background is, what neighborhood you live in, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether, whether, you're, whether you're, you're Baptist or Presbyterian. It doesn't matter if you're educated or whether you're, you're illiterate. None of that matters. It says no one. If, if it says no one, no one is an absolute. And if no one, that means everyone is included. Everybody's covered. You don't have to qualify. Everyone is included in this. Tell your neighbor, you're included in this. You ain't got to qualify. It says no one. No one. No one. No one. No one. No one what? Who believes in Christ will ever. Now, ever is another absolute. Ever. Ever is a time. Ever and never are times, quantities of time. And so if it says no one will ever, that means no matter when, no matter what, no matter what scenario, no matter what case, no one will ever. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You will not be, doesn't matter how long it takes. You will not be disappointed. No one will ever, ever. It doesn't matter if this was 200 years ago, 2,000 years ago, or 2,000 years from now. No one will ever be disappointed. That means no, no, matter what the, what, no matter what the situation is, no one will ever be disappointed. Y'all send that back. I know it's good. I know it's good. I know it's good. But when this, see, see, thank you, Lord. You want me to go deep, but you're, you're failing on the surface. See, I, I'm just, because see, I'm pastor. I'm not evangelist. I'm, I'm not prophet that comes into town and walks out. See, I know you. And so I know you want me to go deep, but your rent is late. And you got a pain in your body you can't get rid of. You still, you still got things you want God to do, and, and you're scared to really believe and put your faith out there for it because you've been disappointed so many times. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be here and build your faith, so you can believe God and receive what you need for every day of your life. So He says, "No one who believes in Christ will ever be disappointed." So that means if I believe it for salvation, I will never be disappointed. Y'all don't get excited about salvation. What about salvation for my children? Ever. No, see, I don't know. I don't know if you understand the absoluteness of ever. What about for healing in your body? No one ever. See, see if I okay, I got a little cold, and I believe God for you know cold. But no, trust. Most times, you expect your cold to go away in two, three days anyway. You you ain't really even applying your faith for that. Don't stop, stop playing. But what about when cancer is the diagnosis? 
What about when diabetes hit? You just going to live with it? What about when hypertension is, is racking trouble in your life? You just going to live with that? Or are you going to say, you know what? If I believe God, he said I will never be disappointed. And, and I found out medical science will disappoint you. couple weeks I've been to a couple of doctors and I'm like last few weeks it's been a while a little while now and I'm like what is this this ain't no medical care what is this <laughs> I went to one guy and tell him something I was dealing with thank God I got healed in service a few weeks ago I went to one guy and told him what I was dealing with and he said all he, he never touched me never looked at me never took my temperature never took my blood pressure never 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 touched me at all and said I'm scheduled you for this thing over here and he said uh, $322 you're not, you're not at least going to hold my hand. Yeah. And I came here and got healed in service for free. With nobody laying hands on me. Just believe in God. Because if you believe in Christ... There's no way you will ever be disappointed. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. What about deliverance? What about can God deliver you from anything? What about your finances? Can God give you anything you need? And the Bible says that no one who believes in Christ will ever... That means if you believe God for, for, for a Yugo and I believe God for a Yukon, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. And neither will I. Because it's, it's, a, it's an absolute. No one ever. No one ever. So no matter what my belief is for, I will not be disappointed. I will not be let down. Hallelujah. Come on now. I'm trying to help you because see what, what I don't what I don't want is a church full of somebody waiting, waiting for somebody to lay their hands on them every week. I told you I got healed a few weeks ago and nobody laid their hands on me. Because I believe. See, I don't want you to be spiritual babies and always gotta have somebody lay their hands on you. I want you to know how to exercise your faith and believe God and see your miracle come to pass. See your breakthrough, see your healing, see your deliverance, see your manifestation come to pass. Why? Because you believe God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So... Jesus, according to this word here in Romans 10 11, Jesus will never let anybody down. This is based on if I can believe. Look at Romans 10, verse 12 and 13. Look at what it says. Remember, no one who believes in him will ever be disappointed. It says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord. 
who generously gives his riches to all those who ask him for them. So Jews have this special covenant with God that God gave them. They are his select, his chosen people. But the Bible says that the Jew and Gentile, the Gentiles, that's you and me, we are the same in this respect. That we all have the same Lord. Everybody say we have the same Lord. And watch what he does. Who generously gives his what? His what? That word riches in the Greek is pluteo. It means an abundance of outward, of outward possessions. It means everything you can think of. Now remember, we're talking about believing in him. And we'll never be disappointed. And it says, then, then it says, and if you and I are, are, no matter whether we're Jew or Gentile, we have the same respect, the, the, same, the same offer, the same access. And it says he will generously give his riches to all those who ask him for them. Now, what's included in his riches? Is it salvation? Is that included in his riches? Is it healing for your body? Is it, is it deliverance for your mind, your, your soul? Is it, is it money? Is, is it children and, and a marriage that's made in heaven? It, it's all in there. Somebody help me. I like this side over here. It's, it's all included in there. And it said he will generously give to all those now, asking is what you do when you believe. So if you don't believe, you won't ask. And the reason you won't ask and you don't believe is because you've been let down. Well, I tried something before and it didn't work. No, it's not that it didn't work, it's you didn't work. Ho, 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 ho. Say it again. Faith always works here. The word always works. God always comes through. And so if something doesn't happen, it's because somehow we stop just shy of what God had for us. We quit. Hallelujah. We're not of those who draw back to perdition. In other words, you're almost there. But something happens and you quit. So God wasn't the issue. I was the issue. Y'all got it? Hallelujah. Now again, verse 13. Verse 13 says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. Doesn't that sound like no one ever on the other side, the flip side of no one? So now we're at anyone, which must also be an absolute, which means there's no discrimination. This includes you. So anyone who calls, now call is a result of believing. Um, matter of fact, you know the turn here, just in Romans 10, 14, in the New King James, says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So calling is a result of believing. And it says, how, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So believing is a result of hearing. 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? So hearing comes through your preacher. And how shall they preach unless they've been sent? So God has to send your preacher who will preach a word that you'll hear and that word you hear that you believe it'll make you then call. And when you call, you shall receive. That's why I got to preach what I preach. That's why I can't preach you about staying happy where you are and coping where you are and just trying to make do till Jesus comes. I got to preach you into something higher and greater and more. I got to preach hope into your life where you say, I can't settle in this place where I am. There's more that God has for me. There's more he has in my life, and I'm not going to sit here and die. Why sit here till we die? No, there's, there's some goodies. There's an inheritance. There's a blessing over there, and I'm going to get up from where I am and go to where God wants me to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone. He says, anyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. That word saved is the Greek word, comes from the Greek word sozo. Which literally means to rescue from danger or destruction. It means to make well. It means to heal. It means to restore to health. It means to deliver from penalties. It means to save from evils. So anyone who calls on him is not just getting born again, but you're being saved, delivered, set free, healed, turned around, life being changed. Whatever you need, God will do it. Whatever you need from him, he'll supply. If you call on him, he'll give his riches. He'll generously give you his riches. Y'all missed that. It means he won't portion out the riches. Well, that's enough for you. God won't say, okay, bakers, that's all I can give you because I got to save some for the limit. No, sir, he won't say that. He won't say, no, y'all are asking for too much. I got to save some for the Hazleys. Anything you can believe God for, he'll do it. I, I might be in the wrong congregation this morning. I said, anything you can believe God for, he will do it. Anyone, anything. Anyone, anything. And you will never be disappointed. Y'all miss it. It means you can't be believing God for a mansion and he give you a lean to. Y'all didn't catch what I said. <laughs> you know the lean-to. It's, it's a raggedy-rickety house. It's something barely held together. You got a duct tape around the, around the foundation try to hold the thing together. Y'all, y'all, I don't know if y'all grabbing what I'm trying to get you to understand. Otherwise, you're not going to ask God for a luxury car and you get, you get a broke-down hoopty and, and be, be good. He, God said no. He said no. That, that, that would be a disappointment. Okay, let me ask you because, because some, some of y'all are deep and wonderful. Um, you remember when you were a child? A long time ago, some of y'all. Remember you were a child? 
and you ask your mom or your dad or grandma or auntie, somebody, for a particular gift for Christmas or for your birthday, and you ask for that, but you didn't get that. You wanted a cabbage patch, you got a, you know... Come on now. Sour Patch Kid or something. You got, you got, you got some knockoff? Now, were you all happy and rejoicing? Come on, tell the truth. Were you all like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted? Or, or, or were you like, mom, it's okay. It's a thought that counts. Were you saying that back then? So if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly father, Matthew 7, verse 11, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? So God won't let you ask him for the best and make you settle for the least. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, so the challenge God has is to get people to believe. Is that the right time? Lord, have mercy. Let, let me let me give it. Okay, let me give you a little, a couple of these here. Because again, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I, I forgot about that. Do you remember when the, when the children of Israel were in bondage? In Egypt. Because this, this is kind of how I'm assessing what I'm feeling in the climate here. The children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. And the Bible says that God sent Moses down there to tell them I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to bring them out. Tell them I'm taking them to this good land flowing with milk and honey. And it's got all the things you want. Houses you didn't, you know, cities you didn't build. Houses full of all good things you didn't provide. It's going to be a good land. You're going to love it. God's going to set you free. But the Bible says that when Moses brought them the word, they, they couldn't receive it. They've been in bondage 400 years, and they have been uh, working hard as slaves. And the Bible says that they couldn't, they couldn't receive the word Moses gave because of the rigors of their labor. They have been working so hard and toiling so long and working for the man for so long and beat down their backs hurting and they sweating and they, their family... The last two generations have been slaves and the children, they born into slavery and they go, it's going to be so hard. And Moses telling them, come on, look up, guys. I'm taking you somewhere. And they can't even look. No, no, we, we're working on the chains. You know, we, nobody knows the trouble. I see. No, come on, guys. The Lord said we're going somewhere. Come on, guys. We're going to the promised land. This is God's word. Uh, Just, I'm just, I'm just trying to get through August, Pastor. You don't know, I still owe for July, oh, Pastor. Come on, come on. You talking that stuff? Mm-mm. But I, I thought the Lord was gonna come through a hundred years ago, and He ain't come through. My mama was broke, my dad was broke, my mama left me, and my grandma left me, and I tried. I went to college, and it still didn't work out. I'm still struggling, I'm still broke, and I couldn't get the house, couldn't get the apartment. I tried to get the car, and I couldn't get the car. Pastor. (laughs) 
Just go on, Pastor. Go on with all that, Pastor. That's how some of y'all faces look. Just go on with all that, Pastor. And the disappointments, the letdowns, have captured your heart and your soul to the point you don't feel free to trust God again. I'm imploring you by the Holy Ghost to trust God again, to open your hearts to him, to open your minds to him, to open your spirit to him, because he will not let you down. Your mama let you down. I know. Your daddy failed you. I know. Your boyfriend walked down on you. I know. Your children let you down. I know it. But Jesus will never... I tried him and I know him. I tried him and I know him. Tell you that, but he won't fail you. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. He's never let me down. Never when I put my faith firmly in him, he's never let me down. Look in John 11. What happens, people's People have so much disappointment. They're so full of disappointment that they have a hard time putting their faith in Jesus. Y'all got a few minutes? Come on now. Let me have a few minutes for my birthday. John 11. John 11. Can I have it this time? John 11. You remember the story when Jesus Christ goes, he hears about his friend Lazarus is sick and he stays there a couple more days and lets Lazarus die. He lets him die. And then he finally arrives after Lazarus is good and dead. And there's Martha, and Martha has this, this saying, and she says to him in, in John 11, verse 21. Look at verse 21. When he arrives, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's disappointed. Because the first word that came to him, when you go back to the beginning of the chapter, they said, Jesus, the one you love is, is sick. They figured that when Jesus heard that his friend was sick, he would have come right away. And because he didn't come when they wanted, to, wanted him to, wanted them to, they were disappointed. And so Martha is right there in the face of Jesus Christ, but she's so filled with disappointment, she can't believe, she can't receive right now that he's right there ready to open the door. Are y'all seeing this? Look down for the sake of time, verse 39. 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Oh, my. 38, 38 says, and Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. I wonder what your stone is this morning. And I can, I can tell you that some of us, the stones are disappointments that we built such a huge rock of defense against hope and faith and believing God because we've been disappointed. Jesus said, and I'm saying to you this morning, take away the stone. Take away your disappointment. Take away the guardedness you have. Take away the distrust you have. 
Take away that place of despair that you're in where you feel like you can't be free to believe. Now watch what he says. As Martha said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench for he's been dead four days. Now he said take away the stone. Now she knows Jesus. She knows he's a miracle worker. And he's saying take away the stone and she's going to let her disappointment talk. She's saying, oh, forget it. This is what she's saying. Forget it. It's already been four days. Oh, man. I'm telling you how, how we live. Forget it. It's already, it's already been too long. Let it go. It's too late now. Don't even worry about it. It's already been three years. No, no, Jesus, I'm too old to have a baby now. Don't even worry about it no more. No, Jesus, I, I'm, no, I don't want to be married now, Lord. It's been too late. You're a liar. You know you're ready to be married right now. No, it's been too long, Lord. Don't, don't worry about it. You know good and well you're ready to be married right now. But what happens, you start convincing yourself, I don't need that now. Not because you don't really want it, but because you've been let down. You met one man and thought he was going to be in, and it didn't work out. Let down. You took one young lady on a date and thought she was going to be the one, and it didn't work out. Let down. And now you built this stone. Well, I, that's all right. I don't, I'm good. No, you ain't good. No one who believes in Christ will ever... I don't care if you're 70 years old, baby, you're going to still walk down that aisle. I don't know who that's for. You better grab it. No, it's 70-year-olds it's getting married. Hallelujah. Verse 4, that Jesus said to her, now watch, watch what he says. Did not I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you believe, you would see the glory of God? If you what? Believe. Remember what we said, what it said. If you believe, you will never be disappointed. Never. What happened? He went down there, verse verse. Uh, 44, let me drop down to verse 44. Verse 43, when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, and he, would, he who had died four days ago came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Give me Mark 9. Go to Mark 9. Go to Mark 9. We'll skip the next one. Give me Mark 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care who hurt you. I care that you hurt, but I don't care who hurt you. That stone of hurt and disappointment you have to roll out of the way. Notice Jesus didn't do it. 
Now, this is the same Jesus who, when he rose from the grave, there was a stone covering the cave. Who, when he rose from the grave, he rolled the stone away himself. Or had angels roll, around, roll away the stone. But when it came to Martha and Lazarus and Mary, their miracle, he said, y'all move the stone. I'm not doing it for you. You got to remove the obstacle. You got to let go of your hurt, your let down, your disappointment, your disappointment to let me do what I need to do in your life. Are you in Mark 9? Look at verse 17. Mark 9, verse 17. It says, the one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Now, who did he bring him to? Jesus. He said, I brought you, my, my, my son. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. So now he's been let down. Not by Jesus, but by disciples. Who weren't flowing at the same level as Jesus Christ was. And this man now has this letdown disappointment in him. Now remember, don't forget this fact. He brought him to Jesus. Y'all got it? Go down please to, um, I don't want to read all that, all this. Go down to verse 22. Verse 22. And often he has thrown him in both, both into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe. So the question is, is not if I can do anything. What's the question? Can you believe? If you can believe. Now watch this. Watch this. Absolute. All things. Oh, I wish I had some help in this morning. All things are possible to who? To anybody? No, 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 no. To him who believes. So anybody who believes on him. Now anything is possible, which means that when you get into believing, now you leave the realm of impossibility and you step over into the realm of what's called impossible. And things that, have, that men have called impossible have now come into your realm of your life. He said, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Now watch verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, come on. Help my. Now wait a minute. How does he have both belief and unbelief? Remember, he brought him to Jesus, which meant he believed. But how did the unbelief get in there? Disappointment. Y'all, y'all, you, you, better, you better get this. How did that unbelief get in there? It was the, the, the disappointment from when he talked to the disciples and nothing happened. Lord, I believe. At the same time, help my unbelief. I believe. But help this unbelief. Many of you are here today, you believe God can, but unbelief 
is right next door. I don't know if he will. Because I tried earlier. I came earlier. And nothing happened. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You know what happened. Jesus, of course, dealt with the young man and got the demon out of him. And he was not let down. Can I take one more place? Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Because the only thing between you and your miracle is your believing. The only thing between you and the life you want, your household being saved, your marriage being healed, your family being restored, your body being healed, your life being turned around is your belief. Matthew 9, 27. It says this, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, what's their problem again? They're blind men. But they're following. They're blind men, but they're following. At least they're following. But they have issues. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, before he could move in their lives, his question was, do you believe? Because if you believe in Christ, you will never be disappointed. He will never let you down. Now, they're blind. They're not, this is not, they got the sniffles. This is not their big toes hurting. They're blind. They have no sight. And he says, do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? You, you almost hear it in, his, in his voice, even this. Do you believe I can do this? you believe I can do this? you believe I'm able to do this? I mean, you're in a bad situation. Do you believe I'm able to do, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can do this? And that's what God is asking somebody sitting right here in this place, somebody at home watching on, on television. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe God can do that? thing that is on your, that most pressing situation. Do you believe God can do this? Because if you can believe, we just read this, all things are possible to him who believes. And if we believe on Christ, we will never be disappointed. So do you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your 
according to your what? Your faith, let it be to you. So the obstacle was not the ability of God, not the desire of God, but the level of your faith. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What happened? They weren't disappointed. Verse 30, and their eyes were opened. And their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. What do they come there for? To get their eyes open. How do they leave? With their eyes open. They were not disappointed. They were not disappointed. They were not, they were not let down. And I don't know if you got it, but I'm praying you get this right now. If you come to Jesus Christ, no matter what you need, whatever you desire, whatever you ask, you will not leave without getting what you came for. I'm trying to give you raw faith. I'm trying to give you raw faith. I'm trying to give it to you without all the Greek and Hebrew, a lot of things you got to go around, all around the bend to get it. I'm trying to tell you, it's a, this is the simple gospel, the simple truth, that if you believe in him, you will not be disappointed. I remember, I remember years ago, this was 1999, November. My wife and I had just, um, she wasn't my wife then, just connected. We had gone to high school together, um, never dated anything like that, just friends. And uh, we had connected. She had come through my barbershop, and um, we connected, let's put it that way. And so we had gone out on a little date, you know, all that good stuff. And she came, we were having our, it was our one-year anniversary for the church. We were in Williams Park. How many of y'all remember that? You were here back then. Williams Park. And um, she came in that blue suit, blue skirt suit. I remember that. Beautiful. And I remember saying to her, girl, I'm going to treat you so good, you're going to have to love me. And I would tell her, if you just, if you just, just give me the chance, I want to I give you the world. Now, here it is, 23 years later, and I've not given her the world yet, but I'm working on it. And I've not always treated her the best, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to improve, trying to get better all the time. Why? I don't want her to be disappointed. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, I told you, I told you before, bears repeating. A few years back, when we didn't have any money, we didn't have any money. And my son, who's been playing baseball since he's been two years old, he's back in the back hallways all over the church. He, my son would have a glove in his hand, and he would slide all over the church. Every, anybody came walk through the door, he tagged him. You out. Just, he just, he's been baseball like that his whole life. 
And so he got a little older and started playing baseball and so forth. And I remember we, we, he wanted, we wanted to go to this uh, Tampa Bay Rays game here locally. And I went to the game, and, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't really have any money. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just do something. And we got there, and uh, the tickets were, all the tickets they had were more than I wanted to pay. Like, because we didn't have any money. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, I left them home because all I could figure is how I can get just me and my son into this game. Okay? None of y'all have been there. Well, you don't have any money. So when I'm saying, my son, that's our last child. So this is how recent that is. This is all of us. At that time, by, by, he, by the time he's here, it's six of us. No money. So, so you, can't, you can't blow me out with all your little poverty stories. I got poverty stories for you. And we get to this game. I know I've told you this before. Just listen. And... And we're at the game, and we're outside the gate, waiting, to, you know, trying to see how, how I can get in here. And uh, when they told me, got to the, to the window, they told me how much the price was. I was like, Lord of mercy, that's going to, like, take everything we have, everything we have. And I backed up, and I was getting ready to tell him, son, let's just kind of, because we're already, we're at the stadium. We can kind of just walk around, just kind of hang out outside, toss the ball, you know, just... Let's make an afternoon of it with, you know, me and my son. And the Holy Spirit, just right up in here, not out loud, right up in here, he said, don't disappoint him. He said, don't disappoint me. Don't, don't disappoint him. He said, he's learning about me from you. This is what I'm trying to get you to hear. He said, don't disappoint him. He's learning about me from you. So I said, okay, I can't disappoint my son. Because when you get disappointed, it hurts. You stop believing. Your parents will tell you something like, we're going to go to the farm store and get ice cream. And you're going to be like, no, nah, I don't really believe that. I'm going to come back on this side. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Your, your parents can tell you something simple like, we, we going after, after church, we're going to go through McDonald's and just get an ice cream cone. And you can, you know, I don't really believe it. I believe it when I see it. And God said, don't disappoint him. He's learning about me from you. And I said, okay, God. What if it takes all I have? Now, this is me now. Not just trying to be a good dad but being an agent for God. And it requires me now to trust God, Nathaniel, because God is now telling me to do something I don't think I can do. I'm about to spend money that is going to wipe us out. We're talking about at that time, the two tickets would have cost us about $35. So I don't want to hear about your little broke stories. It'll wipe us out. And God said, don't disappoint him. He's learning about me from you. And I said, okay, God, well, I'll, I'll do it. I'm, I'm going to trust you, believing that somehow you're going to make it where we can, you know, 
go back home and eat and have all the stuff we want to have. And just as we got ready to go and get the tickets, I'm, I'm coming up to the, to the window. All of a sudden, the man says, hey, 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 uh, you need tickets? I'm like, you know our scalpers are. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, try, we, getting, we got getting tickets right here. And I'm thinking he's going to try to sell us some tickets. He said, no, man, I got extra tickets right here. That's your son. You can have these tickets, man. You taking your son out to a game? That's nice. He said, you can have these tickets. I said, I said, for real? <laughs> What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> well, you mean I can have them? That's why I'm like, you know, I just say that. What you, you know, I'm just like, well, you mean I can have them? He said, yeah, you can have them in yours. Take them, take them. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, it's a game like these yesterday's tickets or something. I look at the tickets, I'm like, oh, snap. That's today's date, this game. And the tickets I was going to buy, $17 would have put us up on the third you know, the nosebleed section yeah, where you need binoculars? Yeah. You need an oxygen mask? <laughs> you watching the monitor, not look, watching the game because you got to look it up on the screen. These tickets were right down front, right behind the dugout. <laughs> Best tickets we've ever had. That's, these are the best things we've ever had. In our, and we go to a lot of race games. These are the best things we've ever had. And all because God said, don't disappoint your son. He's learning about me from you. Because God knows what happens when disappointment sets in. Jesus, You will struggle to believe for anything. You'll struggle to believe anything anybody says. A nice man comes and wants to love on you, but because the other man let you down. Come on now, y'all ain't got to. You're preaching real good, man of God. Some nice girl who's, who loves God and going to love you, she going she gonna to cook you oxtails on a Tuesday, and she going to just love on you. But because that last girl cheated on you, you will let down. You'll miss what God has because you will let down. And I came here this morning with a simple Simple elementary school message. Powerful message, man. I told God, I said, God, this is elementary. Yes. But what the people, what's happening is people have been so disappointed, have experienced so many letdowns, so much hurt, that these stones have been placed there. That when God's trying to get through. And saying, just believe me, I'm about to do something in your life that's going to make everybody's ears tingle. It's going to make everybody talk. I'm about to do something. I just need you to believe me. And he says, but you got to move the stone. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
right there where you are in this place. Those of you even watching at home, you've experienced this kind of disappointment, these kind of letdowns in your life, and you find it hard to trust, find it hard to release your faith, find it hard to step out and believe God. God wants to restore your soul, restore your trust, help rebuild your faith because he wants to give you these absolutes to know that he absolutely will not fail you. He absolutely will not let you down. He absolutely will not disappoint you. That there's no chance he'll let you down. That if you would have the audacity to believe God for something, he'll make sure you'll never be let down in your life. So I'm about to pray. I'm about to pray. My first appeal is to that person in this room today, you're not born again. You're not born again because the basis of that scripture we read in Romans 10, 11 to 13 starts out about you getting saved. And the first step or layer of salvation is the born again experience. And there's somebody in this room today, you've been hurt maybe by your parents or loved ones or some trusted authority and they let you down and you just don't feel like you can trust anybody. I'm daring you to trust Jesus. I'm imploring you to trust Jesus this morning, this afternoon to give him the chance to show you how good he is. And if you've never met, made Jesus Christ your Savior, your Lord, I'm asking you to stretch and remove that stone that's blocking your heart and let Jesus into your situation. You've never made him your Lord or your Savior. You may even have been around church for a while, but because dads let you down or moms let you down or some other pastors let you down, whatever, it, it happens. You don't feel like you can just trust Jesus. He wants to come into your heart today and change your life. tried programs to get off drugs, tried programs to change your life, turn your life around and nothing's ever worked. You feel disappointed. Even like me, you feel like you let your own self down. Thought I'd never be in this situation. Thought I'd never be here again. But here I am. If that's you, you say, Pastor, today I'm going to step out in faith and trust Jesus. I'm going to give him my heart. I'm giving my life. I want to learn how to trust again. I want to learn how to live again, how to believe again. I want to pray for you. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I see some hands raised. I see those hands raised. I see those hands raised. I see those hands raised. Now, again, I'm first primarily going for that person. You're not born again yet. You're not yet a, a walk with Jesus Christ. I want to give you that chance. Now, this because this is the most important thing. 
Everything else, once you get saved, everything else is gravy. Everything else comes with. Once you get born again, the rest is easy. Healing and deliverance and prosperity, family and all the things you want for your life, it becomes easy. But the door in is to get born again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this question here. You're not born again, and you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today. If you had your hand raised, and I'm still talking about you, you say, today's my day to get born again. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Come on, I want you to be bold here this, this morning, this afternoon. I want to pray for you. Because this is your step, your entryway into the life Jesus has for you. I want to be born again, or I need to come back to Jesus. I, I walked away from Jesus Christ. I was hurt, and I let my hurt from people, situations, put some blockages in my heart, and I want to come back to him. For the first time, Lord, coming back again, I want to pray for you. Who is that? Who is that? I can pray for you right now. Hallelujah. Everybody here is born again? Already walking with Jesus? Okay. Now that's a miracle. To be born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and believe Jesus to the point that you believe that your life has been changed. You're no longer a sinner. You're on your way to heaven. If Jesus comes back, this moment you're going back with him you won't be left down here if you die tomorrow morning you won't go to hell it's a miracle that's transpired in your life in fact it's the absolute greatest miracle you can ever experience to have a life that was once torn apart by sin and now be walk with Jesus Christ that's a miracle that's a miracle Now, once you've experienced that, all the other miracles are small change. It's small potatoes compared to that one. Now, I'm going to move on.